Well, good morning. morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran Church on this holy day of Pentecost. Before we begin our worship, just a couple of announcements from me. First, as a reminder to check your mailbox out here, your newsletters for June should be in there. So make sure you pick those up and take a look at the newsletter. Uh, Also a reminder that adult Sunday school will continue next Sunday, the 4th, and the format will be us looking at the lectionary readings for that Sunday. Um, So if you haven't come to Sunday school recently, this is a great time to to jump in and, and benefit from the study of scripture. Are there any other announcements or prayer requests that you have? Yeah, Ben, I see that hand. So. so I just wanted to say thank you to all the support and love that was given to me because I wasn't here. And everybody let me know that uh, I need to get back in. I want to do a special shout out to Barb Paxson here, who very politely sent me a really nice lo- uh, message of love. And she politely told me to get my butt back in church. <laughs> No, she did not use that word. That's why I said she politely said it. <laughs> um, I also want to introduce, this is my girlfriend, Carissa. So she came to church with me. She usually works on Sundays, but today she had the day off. And so y'all will know who that is, right? <laughs> well, thank you. We are happy that you're here. Always, always nice to see Ben's smiling face. So. Any other announcements, prayer requests that we have? Yeah. Um, I seen Steve Hollinger this week, and he's still going through chemo, but he's going really well. Okay, good. Yeah, we'll continue to pray for Steve. All right. If there's nothing else, I'll invite you to take a moment to prepare your hearts and minds for worship as we listen to the prelude.
congregation, I invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may like in your will and walk in your ways. To the Lord of your holy name. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. God, on this day you open the hearts of your faithful people by sending into us your Holy Spirit. Direct us by the light of that Spirit, that we may have a right judgment in all things, and rejoice at all times in your peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. A reading from Acts. 
When the day of Pentecost had come, the apostles were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us, in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord. We'll now read Psalm 104 responsively. How manifold are your works, O Lord! In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Yonder is the sea, great and wide, with its swarms There go the ships to and fro, and Leviathan, which you made for the sport of it. You give it to them, they gather it. You open your hand, and they are filled with good things. You send forth your spirit, and they are created. So you renew the face of the earth. You look at the earth and it trembles. You touch the mountains and they smoke. May these words of mine please God. I will rejoice in the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Hallelujah. A reading from 1 Corinthians. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the discernment of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. 
All these are activated by one and the same Spirit, who allots to each one individually, just as the Spirit chooses. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. The Word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. John. On the last day of the festival, the great day, while Jesus was standing there, he cried out, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, Out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the Spirit, which believers in him were to receive. The Gospel of the Lord. I invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, what is the purpose of my life? Do I make a difference? Am I wasting what time I have? Am I doing enough? Enough for God, for my family, my friends, my community? Why does God even keep me around? When Jesus cries out in Jerusalem during the festival of the tabernacles in John 7, he is addressing people who ask these kinds of questions. And when he cries out, let anyone who is thirsty come to me, he is addressing the people who wonder if they do enough or if they are doing enough. In 2003, singer-songwriter John Mayer and as I look at that in 2003, 20 years ago, this was the music of my youth. Uh, and I'm realizing now that John Mayer probably is in the oldies category, which makes me old. But in 2003, the singer-songwriter John Mayer released one of his first big hits, Why Georgia? And it's a song that speaks to what Mayer described as his quarter-life crisis. The song speaks, in my opinion, to a kind of spiritual thirst. Mayer writes... Because I wonder sometimes about the outcome of a still verdictless life. Am I living it right? And that's the question that any conscientious person asks at some point in their life. Whether it's as a young adult, whether it's during a quarter-life crisis, a midlife crisis, a transition into retirement, we all wonder at the quiet hours, am I living it right? It's a question that's everywhere. As young adults, we ask it when we're trying to figure out our career choices, our college majors. In midlife, we wonder about this question, if we made the right decisions about our careers, about marriages, about having children, and so on. And older people struggle with this question. My health is failing, my spouse is gone, my children and grandchildren are independent, they don't need me so much anymore. What's my purpose? Did I do it right? But asking the question itself puts a lot of pressure on us. To live life the right way will mean to us that we're imposing all sorts of laws onto ourselves. Laws that come out in questions like, is my savings account big enough? Do I spend enough time with my family? Do I give enough to charity? Do I pray enough? Could I volunteer my time more? 
Is there a more fulfilling career out there for me? And all of these questions boil down to Mayer's question, am I living it right? And any attempt to answer that question on our own spiritual ability or our own secular achievements will leave us thirsty because you don't have enough hours in the day to do all that needs to be done. You could always work just a little bit harder. You could always be a little nicer. You could always be a little more generous with your time and money. You could always pray a little more, give more to church. You could always be a little healthier, exercise a little more. You could always make yourself just a little bit better. And there's truly no ending to it. And our souls can become insatiably thirsty live right. But doing more, trying to do the right thing more, will never satisfy our thirst in the long term. Because the law never stops demanding perfection. We constantly have to go back to that question, am I living it right or am I a failure? And so this is what Jesus is getting at in our gospel reading. In John 7, Jesus is teaching in the temple to the Jews gathered there. And there's been widespread criticism of Jesus and controversy surrounding him because he had just healed a man in Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And many of the Jews gathered there were accusing Jesus of breaking the law. He had broken the third commandment, supposedly, because he had worked by healing on the Sabbath day. And so in his teaching in John 7, Jesus confronts the controversy. And he says in verse 19 of chapter 1, Did not Moses give you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Moses gave you circumcision. It is, of course, not from Moses, but from the patriarchs. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath in order that the law of Moses may not be broken, are you angry with me? because I healed a man's whole body on the Sabbath. Jesus is setting himself up as a contrast between Moses. Jesus is saying that Moses gave you a law, a set of commands that you do not keep. You're always breaking these commandments, this law. He says, even when you try to keep one part of the law, you end up breaking another part. And under the law, you were always being condemned. You were always sinning. Your actions are never enough. And this is the kind of thirst that Jesus is describing. As much as you might try to be a good person, as much as you might try to earn God's favor by being good, by obeying the law, you're always going to fall short. And maybe in our day, we don't care so much about the law of Moses. Right? We believe perhaps that we're modern people with modern ethics, we don't need to consider the ancient 3,000-year-old laws. We don't feel bound by the law of Moses. We pay little attention to Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. But the reality is we're still bound by the very law of our own existence. We're bound by the law that states that our time on earth is limited. And so we're always stuck with this question, am I wasting what time I have? Am I living it right? What purpose do I have? And this is where Jesus wants to give you living water. Jesus is going to give you living water by making you yourself a source of living water. In other words, the Holy Spirit is going to come and reside in you. And you don't have to do anything to open yourself up to the Spirit. You don't have to pray a special prayer. 
You don't have to act a certain way. You don't have to try to feel a certain way. Because what scripture tells us is that when you were baptized, the Holy Spirit fell on you and claimed you as his very own temple. And so you, as a Christian, in you, the Holy Spirit is now present. And the freedom in this is that we are saying the life you live is no longer your own. Your life belongs to God. And that's the true nature of the Christian life. We find true freedom by giving up our freedom. The weight of following a law no longer applies to you. The Holy Spirit is taking care of it for you. The Holy Spirit is putting faith into your heart. The Holy Spirit is putting God's word into your ears. The Holy Spirit produces goodness in your life without even your cooperation and sometimes without even your knowing. And so when the baptized Christian asks the question of the thirsty person, am I living it right? The answer is always yes. And it's always yes because the Holy Spirit has fallen on you. And now the Holy Spirit flows out of you. Whether you feel like it or not, whether you are aware of it or not, the Holy Spirit is now using you for God's purposes. When you love God, when you love your neighbor, that's the Holy Spirit working through you. When you pray for someone, even the quickest of prayers, that's the Holy Spirit at work in you. When you say a kind word, an encouraging word, the Holy Spirit is at work. When you deposit your paycheck so that you can buy food and clothing for your family, the Holy Spirit is at work. You have this promise from Christ. It's a promise that out of your heart is flowing rivers of living water. And that's a promise given to all Christians. Rivers of living water are flowing from your heart. And of course, that's not always obvious to us. But when we receive this promise of Christ as true, when we place our hope into it, then we begin to know what true freedom is. The question of the law is always, am I living it right? And that question no longer applies to us as we stand before God. We don't have to try to satisfy our thirst by obeying the law because the Holy Spirit is instead living it right for you. The Holy Spirit is giving you exactly what you need to love God, to love your neighbor. He gives faith. He brings you here week by week to hear God's word preached to you. The Holy Spirit then makes you able to speak the word of life to others. And that's the unexpected Holy Gospel that we receive on Pentecost. Because all of us come here Sunday morning aware that we, on our own, are not living right. We are all sinners, as we confess weekly. We fail so often to live life the right way. We have our problems, our frustrations, we have our doubts, we have our questions. But God says that all, out of all the stagnant, sinful pools of our hearts, is going to flow a river of living water. And it does, through the Holy Spirit. In these last days, God declares that he will pour out his Spirit upon all flesh. And in these days, God will pour out his Holy Spirit, and you will prophesy. This promise includes you. God has poured out his Holy Spirit upon you. And now the same Spirit uses you. He uses your lives, he uses your words, your work, your time, your vocations for his own purpose. And so to those of you who thirst, 
to those of you who wonder, am I living it right? Come to Christ. Come to Christ and know that all is taken care of for you. He will quench your thirst now and forever. Amen. Let us stand and confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God.
Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord God, Heavenly Father, fill our congregation and the whole Christian church on earth with the Holy Spirit. Renew us that the sacraments may be administered faithfully and many would be called by the gospel, enlightened with your gifts, sanctified, and kept in the true faith. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, give us pastors who, through the Holy Spirit, faithfully preach your holy word, and bless us with faithful church workers who are devoted to your service. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, you have promised that all who drink from your living water will well up to eternal life. Help us show forth in holy lives the fruits of the Spirit and live with love toward our neighbor. Remove all pride, prejudice, and hate that we may not hinder the cause of the gospel, but give welcome to all people in Christ's name. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, we thank you for making the fruitful earth produce what we need for life. Bless those who work in the fields this season Give us favorable weather, and grant that all may share the fruits of the earth. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of hosts, we give thanks for those who have served our nation through military service, and we remember with gratitude those who gave their lives for us and the cause of freedom. Help us to honor their sacrifice by using our liberties responsibly, and keep safe all who travel, bless our nation, and help us to protect and increase the privileges we have for those who follow after us, looking always to you, from whom these gifts come. Lord, in your mercy. Light of this dark world, you have sent the Holy Spirit to your church as the comforter. Soothe the wounds of your people. According to your will, bring restoration to broken families, heal the sick, uplift the depressed, provide for the poor, uphold the forgotten, and answers and answer the prayers of all who call out to you. Especially this morning, we pray for Charlie and Jane, Linda, Allison, Linda and Steve, Roxanne, Rose, Marilyn, Tony, and Carolyn. Lord, in your mercy. So, Lord, giver of the Holy Spirit, clear away all distractions that our hearts and minds may be focused on you. As Christ comes to us in the bread, which is his body, and the cup, which is his blood, help us to receive your gifts with faith. Lord, in your mercy. And into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Now the peace of the Lord be with you always.
Let us pray. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger away, that all may know your care. And prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ. Fulfilling the promise of the resurrection, you pour out the fire of your Spirit, uniting in one body people of every nation and tongue. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with earth and sea and all their creatures, and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join their unending Holy, mighty, and merciful Lord, heaven and earth are full of your glory. In great love you sent to us Jesus, your Son, who reached out to heal the sick and suffering, who preached good news to the poor, and who on the cross opened his arms to all. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his death, resurrection, and ascension, we await his coming in glory. Pour out upon us the spirit of your love, O Lord, and unite the wills of all who share this heavenly food, the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
benediction. Please stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God.